Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. This is where John starts dancing in the background. John's got some moves. Don't tell me you win it, we already won. I don't get in the sun and run. I don't believe it because we got the sun. Too many people This music is loud. I'm going to adjust this a little bit. There we go. What were you saying, John? I said I don't have any choice in the matter. Just dancing is what happens when the music comes on. Your body just starts vibing. Mm-hmm. It's in me, it's got to come out. <laughs> Don't stop the Holy Spirit. Can't you can't stop the Holy Spirit? There ain't no party like a Holy Spirit party because a Holy Spirit party don't stop. You remember that? That is super nice of you to ascribe it to the Holy Spirit. No one ever does that. <laughs> uh, hey y'all, welcome to Water Break with the Water Boy with comedian next door John Branion. Uh, and of, yes, that's right. And we also have Doctor Thomas Price here with us. Welcome, Doctor Price. Welcome. There we go. Well, um, uh, John, how'd your week go this this last week, man? Uh, it was a good week. I did I did a lot of uh, I did a lot of catch up. Um, wrote a lot of stuff. Uh, made a lot of. Uh, I made some comedy material. Did you? Um, yeah, not, nothing's available yet, to, you know, publicly to prove that. Mm-hmm. But but I did. Um, did that? How was your week? Did you? Uh, so, were you actually writing comedy material? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Um, what's that? What's that practice like for you? Uh, for me, it's it, it, it comes in a, a bunch of different forms, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be that interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I'll get an idea for something, mm-hmm. and I'll flesh it out. And sometimes I won't have an idea for something, and I'll decide I need to write. And so I, I have a little process that. It's actually in my book. It's actually in the course that we're going to talk about. Oh, good. Um, we'll get yeah, I have a method. I have a method for doing that. Is it kind of like you just the Holy Spirit? Kind of just you just feel the Holy Spirit? Kind of like you're dancing? Is it, well, <laughs> is yeah. it kind of like you're dancing? <laughs> yeah. Well, at some point, the Holy Spirit is kind of responsible for everything. I think. But mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. I, uh, I. 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 I don't know. I, I'm reluctant to 
I'm reluctant to give uh, the blame to the Holy Spirit for some of the. <laughs> You'll give him the credit, but not the blame. That's good. Yeah, I'll give him the credit for the good stuff, and then I will take the blame. I'll take responsibility for the stuff that's not funny. Mm-hmm. That's that's a uh, that's good. And so we're going to get into more of that here in a minute. So just a, a little uh, recap of what our show is going to do today. Uh, we got Dr. Price uh, coming on to talk about uh, Christian faith and technology. Uh, it's actually a Fight Laugh Feast University class that he's going to be teaching here in a couple of weeks. And then uh, with the comedian next door, John Brandon, we're going to get into um, his comedy workshop on life is hardy, hard, hard. Um, so it should be a, a fun a fun show today and, and should be some real practical information for you guys. And, and you can actually even sign up to do um, Zoom classes with both Dr. Price and John Branham, comedian John Branham. I feel like I feel like when I say Dr. Price, I need to have um, you know, a, uh, a, a suffix onto your name or a, uh, you know, yeah. well, you could, you could put, you know, his Royal majesty. Yeah. If you would like not Dr. Uh, John Brannion. <laughs> no, his Royal majesty. I <laughs> <laughs> was very clear. His Royal majesty. So, yeah. well, folks, um, my monologue today is, uh, you know, I think we've kind of talked about this on the show, uh, over probably the last four years. And if if you think about what is going on in America today, how we got to this point, well, you know, where we're cross politic, we're suspended from YouTube right now for until November, um, because basically YouTube didn't like what we we're what we've been saying in our old shows, not even our most recent shows. We are I think we're knee deep in cancel culture. you've heard me and John talk about this on Water Break before. John's been uh, canceled. You, you're o- original OG cancel. I'm OG canceled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, long before I met you, I can't blame you guys for getting me canceled. I was able to do that all by myself. That's where you were part of my life. That's why we like you. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think we can still kind of breathe right now. There's a little bit of kind of breathing still some room in cancel culture, but the kind of cancerous culture that we are dealing with ultimately I think wants to drown us. I think I really think it it wants to drown us. Think think of it, think of this. Um, you know, Apple, uh, Amazon, uh, Google, they all kicked Parler, you know, the Parler social media app out in January and they kind of blamed the 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 January 6th riots on Parler and like Parler was part of the coordination process which turned out not to be true. So even something that turned out not to be true, they still kicked Parler out of uh, their stores. Uh, I hate to bring this up, but Alex Jones was canceled by YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter all in the same week. Like, uh-huh. it, like it was coordinated. You know, it's like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we, uh, yeah, we all, all the CEOs got on the same line, and we just talked to each other and we're like, yeah, we don't like Alex Jones, we're gonna kick him out. Our friends right. over at American Vision, they had their PayPal canceled, their PayPal account canceled. I think it was about three or four years ago. And so cancel culture wants to go for your jugular, your pocketbook, your, your way of living. Our buddy Doug Tenable, who was at the Fight Laugh Feast Conference, he at one point I think was making about $200,000 a month on YouTube, and then they just canceled him. Like, so they, they, they want to ruin your way of living. Um, cancel culture is, is what has become cancel culture really is the new excommunication. The new form of excommunication. If you don't subscribe to their orthodoxy of, you know, kind of me too, personal pronouns, uh, sex gods, you know, salvation by vaccine and, and money is, you know, is not bound to the laws of gravity. That's part of their worldview. Then you will eventually be brought before the high priest on charges. If you deny the charges, 
uh, you know, no evidence is really needed from them anyways, you'll be excommunicated. It's not a matter if you will be canceled or if you'll be brought up on charges. It's a matter of when this will happen. They're coming for all of us. Uh, and right now, thousands, and a good example of this right now is thousands, even hundreds of thousands, you know, millions, I, I, I don't know. Their, their jobs are being threatened because they refuse to take the, the, their, their Eucharist, their, their vaccine. Excommunication is coming for you, and it's coming to hundreds of thousands right now because they refuse to take their Eucharist, the vaccine. So uh, here's what I propose, John, and, and I, I expect some serious insight from you on this too. And I bet, I bet Dr. Tom Price, when we get into your um, uh, Christian faith and technology, I bet you have some more to say about this. But um, here's what I propose. I think uh, you need to start, as Christians, you need to start thinking strategically, meaning you need to get yourself in a position of strength by finding a good church and a community as a staging ground to fight from. I uh, was just talking to a friend uh, yesterday, and he was kind of you know bouncing some of these things off me, and I said, if you can't find a church locally, then you need to kind of do what, what I'd call a strategic retreat and go find a church that you can fight from. It might feel like a, a retreat, but it actually is putting you and your family in a far better, stronger position. That's what a strategic retreat is. Um, number two, so first one, find a good community, good church to fight from. Second is I think um, Christians need to start consciously working with Christian companies. Um, we need to stop funding companies that want to cancel you, that want to ruin your life, that want to destroy your way of income. And and we are working on, and here at CrossPolitik, our little way of trying to work this out is we're trying to start a Christian business directory and you can add your name over at, at flfnetwork.com forward slash business. It's not a public directory. Um, it's a private directory. We're working on it. We have hundreds of businesses that have already connected and reached out with us, but we're, we're trying to figure out how to, uh, uh, connect Christian companies together. So Christians can do businesses with Christians. We actually had our fight, laugh, feast conference in, uh, Tennessee. We actually had a CEO luncheon on Saturday, which was, was just fantastic connecting a bunch of business leaders and CEOs together. We, we, as part of this, we need to create our own Christian economy. We need to build our own Christian economy. We need to build our own infrastructure, you know, even including including in this is Christian schools, you know, Christian banks, Christian software companies. We need to stop selling our companies to unbelievers, and we need to create our own Christian companies for the future. I think this is really important because this is a generational play where we can pass our wealth, our income, our companies down to our children and that can fight in, for the future. And and don't forget, uh, in, in all this, all the corporate sponsors that actually support us. Don't forget, you know, Samaritan Ministries, Dime Payments, Red Balloon, um, Classical Conversations, all the all the corporate sponsors that, that work with us. You know, start there. Work with them. Lastly, third, and there's a lot more I can add here to all this. Um, and and although this might seem self-serving, um, John, you would, you would think the third point would be self-serving because it's Gabe, you know, it's water. But he's, he's going to make it self-serving. It, mm -hmm. it might sound that way, um, but I really think this is a true point beyond. Um, we need to build media empires. That is a national voice. That's an that's a, a, a infrastructure that actually um, goes out nationally. And obviously, this is what we're working on here at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Uh, you guys don't understand how every club member matters to us and to our shows and every corporate partner matters to us and and the more 
this is the self-serving part, but I'll get past this. The more who sign up to support our show, the better position we are in to fight cancel culture. And But here's where it's kind of self-serving for you. When you support us, we are actually able to kind of create space for you and your family to kind of thrive in, uh, in the face of cancel culture. We uh, One of the goals that we're doing across politics is we're creating um, the the – uh, um, what's the Overton? No, we're creating the Overton window. We're creating a space for your family to live and thrive and be able to create your own Christian business and, and have the tools to be able to fight cancel culture. And, and so that's what we hope we're doing for you. Um, but I don't want just cross politics to be the only show in the U S doing this kind of stuff, the podcast comedian, you know, the comedian next door stuff. I don't want us to being the only people, only Christians doing this. We really do need to take over media in Jesus's name which means this needs to become, I think, a focus for Christians nationwide. So if you don't have finances to support this kind of stuff, but you have gifts and abilities to actually do this kind of stuff, I really encourage Christians to you know, start shows, start podcasts, get involved in this industry. Uh, I think we are in a position right now where we need to kind of build and fight You know, the old Nehemiah sword and shovel kind of, kind of thing. We need to be carrying our swords and, and carrying our shovels at the same time. And so I think Christian media is one of those areas where you can uh, build and fight at the same time. And I encourage you guys to get involved. And always, if you want advice, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, contact at fightlapfeast.com. We're glad to set up conference calls. I do this regularly to help people kind of think through uh, their gifts and abilities re- in related to media and public relations. So, John, those are those are my three kind of my three things. Um, kind of in the midst of all this cancel culture that I'm, I'm proposing Christians need to do. You got anything to add to that? Well, I have a ton of stuff to add to that, but I don't want to, I know you want to get uh, Dr. Price on. So, um, I mean, if you want me to make the comment now, I'll, I'll start, but then you'll have a difficult time shutting me up. And then that, that would force you to have to be rude. Okay. And well, how about we circle back around that and let's get, let's bring Dr. Price in. And Dr. Price, uh, he is uh, one of the hosts of the podcast. Uh, you're um, doing all sorts of stuff right now, but one of the things that you're doing for the Fight Laugh Ease Network is you're doing a university course on Christian faith and technology. Uh, this course yes. is an introduction to moral theology and its assessment of the spiritual, intellectual, and ethical implications of advanced theology on our lives. And before we get into this course, I'll start there um, with that same question I proposed to John and uh, I appreciate John being just so nice to our guests. Um, the same question that I just dodged, he's going to get to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what, I, you know, I mean, do you kind of see cancel culture as, as being this, um, you know, I, I, it's kind of becoming a really big thing. And, and I really do think Christians need to start making some changes and moves. Um, yes. Given where we're at, what, what do you think about all that? And what would you suggest? Yes. I mean, I think you're exactly right in the sense that we are we are in the midst of um, a a big flowering of this kind of um, yeah cancel culture um, fear of of um, anything that goes against the current um, orthodoxy as you you put it well I think that's the great way of thinking of it, it there is a new orthodoxy that has developed new absolutes yep. Um, and they anything that questions it is crushed, silenced by this huge set of forces. Right. Spiritual, of course. Intellectual. Int- there's intellectual, perverted intellectual um, 
uh, mode. I mean, uh, thoughts driving it. Um, of course, a distorted will um, moving it. But but it it is so concentrated in institutions' power and and their their control on things mm-hmm. that we become very vulnerable, as you put it very well. Right. Um, one of the things I think that the class is, is hitting on is that vulnerability. For years, we have um, de- learned new technologies, learned to become dependent on them, new forums. Yeah. We put our businesses on there, expecting that goodwill to be there. YouTube, uh, we want our to be in contact with family and friends, Facebook. And, and you're putting your information there and your conversations and all the most intimate and, and um, personal aspects of your family life and everything else. Next thing you know, they basically have you around the throat. Right. <laughs> and, and so you're, you're vulnerable. Um, and then their capacity now to, to basically, you know, direct people, orient them, gauge their actions through algorithms and, and all these other things mm-hmm. um, and basically form and pattern people to basically go along with these trends. And so cancel culture then comes in and basically says anything that stands out at, in opposition to these central narratives, um, these goals and aims is a threat. Right. Um, and this, this is typical of tyranny anyway. And the, the thing about tyranny is it needs masses. So individuals are a problem or one individual with truth or a community of individuals with truth because it exposes that the tyrant is not omnipotent and omniscient, mm-hmm. right? And so they're, the best thing they can do is crush it very quickly, not wow. to make it look vulnerable. And so other, why else does Dorsey so afraid of a, a little news article that may question the effectiveness of vaccines? Mm. Um, why would you be afraid of that? unless it was going to somehow put a question mark over your omniscience in terms of the position you want to sell. Um, so yeah, we, we are very vulnerable there. And then as Christians, of course, there's a lot of areas against the new absolutes and the new orthodoxy that we just aren't going to go along with. And so we're a problem and we have to be, we have to have that problem, um, minimized. They've tried the shaming, you know, I just heard the other day, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember if it was Wisconsin or someone on their conference call saying that the biggest threat in the, in the culture is, you know, Christian males or something, right? Right-wing <laughs> Christian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as they, you know, but in a weird way, we, <laughs> we would be um, if we didn't, uh, you know, bow and conform to them as, as the emperors they want to be. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, they, they, we, the flip side of that is I think you're right on target with, you know, what, what is one of the areas of solution. And I think you're exactly right. Um, that's one of the things I want to hit in the, in the course is tech tyranny and truth suppression in particular. Mm. Um, but, but how do we, okay, on one end, put a spoke in the wheel of this, stop this engine um, uh, from, from crushing us. Right. But on the other hand, having that alternative. I'm an, I, I, I work um, in, in academic institutions. Um, I'm, I'm, in one right now where basically they, after my contract was signed to do input person classes afterwards, then they force a mandate, a vaccine mandate. Well, I had COVID this summer and uh, I, I think the, the, the immune system that I've been given not only handled it well, thank God. Yeah. Um, but is will handle it well than their, you know, their experiments at this time. 
And so, yeah, so now I'm on the verge of, of losing work that I had continuously. And that places me in a new situation. Oh um, thank God for, for courses like this. But yeah. we are very vulnerable um, when we don't go with the, the, uh, the conforming masses and the agenda of, of a bunch of sinister uh, figures wow. um, that don't have human best interest at right. heart. So. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, you know, technology is not evil in itself. It's not a sin no. in itself. Um, it can be used for good or evil. Um, how do we? How, so I, I think it seems to me part of the part of the course of where you want to go is actually to sort through how technology yeah. can be used for good and how it's destructive right now and how it can be used for good. Um, yes. Where do we begin to even sort through this this big all of a problem that we're we're talking about yes ex- excellent question and that is one of the ones that uh, it did that's really at the heart of what i want to get to um, i want to put a strong emphasis on the goods of technology mm-hmm. um because i do think it's part of um it's part of the renewal of human beings in christ you see it just uh, radically change the way in which human beings begin to understand the created world in ways to foster so much of the potential in creation yeah. towards healthy flourishing aims um, that, that serve the purposes of, of the creator and the creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's amazing. I mean, think of what we're doing now. We're able to basically be in communication, mm-hmm. um, different places, um, produce all of this and, and, and then send it out to a, a mass audience. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things are great. And, and um, you know, you can, you can, um, you could, the list could goes on of mm-hmm. travel, flight, cars, automobiles. Yeah. But with all that, right, there's, there's cha- there are changes to our relationship to each other and reality um, that, that oftentimes we don't have enough experience with these things to, to carry along that wisdom mm-hmm. that we need to manage them well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we could think of like, you know, putting, you know, you know, the world's now very, you know, everyone has an iPhone. So now every child has an iPhone, right? right. Where is the, where's the wisdom? You know, the wisdom question is a big one. So that's going to be one, one issue we discuss is, Good. you know, where, where do we get this wisdom? For example, Good. I mean, St. Augustine said a lot of things about things that are very relevant. St. Paul, all the way to the heart of things, yep. but they didn't address, you know, particular issues related to technology, and phones, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, so there, there is this, this wisdom gap that we, we have to kind of draw off of the riches of the Christian um, vision and learn to put into action in this new context. Um, but there's another thing, I think, where, where do you really unpack the ball? And I think when we start with the biblical vision, mm-hmm. I mean, you think all the way back in um, Exodus 35, where we note that humans are endowed by the Spirit. We mentioned the Spirit earlier. With abilities and 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 things to to craft with, um, so our making um, is a gift of God, mm-hmm. and not only that, there is an intrinsic relationship of our making to worship, mm-hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, one would one could think of, of course, the way the architects were were involved in in um, chronicles uh, endowed by the Spirit to build places of worship. Right. But then you could see where it goes wrong in the Book of Acts uh, nineteen, where you have uh, Demetrius, right, who is making yeah. a lot of money crafting things for the goddess of Artemis and the worshipers, and right. is mad at Paul because preaching Christ puts a a spoke in that wheel, yep. right. Kind of and hurts his so, economy a little bit there. Hurts, hurts the economy, which is a big, another big issue with the god of big tech and all the rest, right? right. Their god is money and power, and, and anything that puts a, put, you know, especially loyalty to Christ, puts a spoke in that, puts a limit on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we have that connection there. Um, then we have the other side of it where you have sort of the, the sin of curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is something that I really want um, to, to kind of flesh out in the class is, I mean, curiosity is the flip side of, of the good use of our reason and, and skills. It's where we basically apply our, our, our intellectual powers to improper objects of new knowledge, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, and so we basically stretch out, this is John Webster quote here, we stretch out that which lies beyond what is legitimate. And so we refuse to consent to the given order, shape, and therefore limitation of what our created intelligence is supposed to deal with. In other words, we may have the power to do certain things. We don't have the permission. And so technologies love to stretch out into that terrain curiously Mm -hmm. and enter in terrain that we haven't been given permission. So what is that biblical limit? That is not a limit in terms of, of stifling knowledge, yeah. but actually making okay. sure it doesn't go into dark territory. Right. And I think we, we got caught off guard with things like big tech because it was presented as an angel of light, right? right. This is all good. This is yeah. all good. All the while, we're, we're pu- putting all kinds of dependency on it and information right. into it. And the next thing you know, you know... Um, they are entering in a terrain um, that that we wouldn't have wanted. We wouldn't have permitted. Right. Um, so, so I mean, that's kind of hints hints at some that, of what we'll be doing. That's really helpful. Yeah. So, um, Doctor Price, before you go here, what what'd be like the kind of the top two or three things? Because you know this this is a, a Zoom class. It you're using technology. Uh, that's right. But uh, you know, households can sign up, so it's not it's not just mom or dad that can participate in but one household could be present um for yeah. uh, you, you know for that zoom interaction and you'll have you know kind of a full a whole classroom of people being able to ask questions in a very kind of personable way but what do you want you know your uh people to walk away with from this class like you know two things three things Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, a couple things would be, um, well, one is, is definitely something the whole family can benefit from like you hit. And that's why one of the books I picked is a little book by John Fesco called uh, Techno- uh, The Christian and Technology. Oh. And it's not an academic text. It has academic insight, but it's really just a series of, of, of uh, lectures he gave to chapels. Okay. And it has good resources parents can follow up with. Um, and it deals with all kinds of issues down cell phone, video games, um, you know, a, a whole bunch of things parents are going to have to wrestle through. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I want to do is I think give parents and, and families a set of tools and a set of reflections to not just take all these things at face value. There are forces going on um, and there are trade-offs for every kind of embrace of technologies and investment yep. in them. 
And we have to really start cultivating wisdom or we are going to be placed in, um, well, another area was just how exploited we are becoming. Um, and, and the exploitation of children. I mean, we're seeing the dramatic effects of technology on, on children mm-hmm. right now, but the fact that we're, the, the, they're so easily exploited yep. um, by this. So th- these are, this is really a course in cultivating a theological and, and biblical understanding of what's going on, and then starting to um, work out patterns of wisdom, the way in which we can deal with all these aspects. I, I list them in the, in the syllabus and the way in which popular culture is continuously thrown at us through these advertisements and, and these things. Um, so, so that would be um, one, one side of it. And I think the last takeaway is not to be on the flip side, no technology. Right, um, right. I think we, we develop those healthy patterns of, of technology, and that's something I'm thinking through. Um, and that's something I think we could think through together in the class. That's, that's really good. And as my, you know, my kids are 11 11- uh, nine and seven. I'm kind of me and my wife yeah. are kind of getting into that, you know, area yeah. where it's like, okay, how do we think about phones, cell phones, you know, technology, yeah. iPads and everything. And, and you don't want to, it's like the, excuse me, John Branning, close your ears. Um, it's not <laughs> like that. The Baptist world would say, don't drink alcohol until you're 21. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. all of a sudden they turn 21 is like, Whoa. Okay. You, you never really learn wisdom in it before you gain access yeah. to it. So it's really, uh, I'm really excited about your class. Uh, Dr. Price, Christian faith and technology go to fightlifefeast.com. Click on uh, university, uh, the university tab up top, and you can sign up to join uh, Dr. Price's class. It starts, I believe the second week in October. I know right now it says the first week, but I believe um, it starts the second week in October. And it goes for it might it might even be the it might even be the third. We're sorting it out. It will okay. either be the second or the third. But either right. way, you've got a little extra time. We originally were going to start a week back. You have more time to right. join. Great. And uh, yeah, so second or third week in October, those dates will become clear. <laughs> Maybe I need to get off when we get off here. We'll clarify it. Or you've been probably talking with Anna about the right correct dates and everything. And it yeah. goes for about seven weeks. Is that correct? Seven weeks, two two nights a week for seven weeks. What nights are you on? Um, Wednesday and Thursday, an hour a night. So it's not, you know, it, it's not, uh, it's not too intrusive. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dr. Price, Christian faith and technology. Uh, good to be with you, brother. And we hope to see you in Moscow here in a couple, uh, a month. I think it's at the end of, uh, beginning of November. Yeah. I'm I'm coming your way. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Lord bless you. Yeah. John. Yes. Uh, I'm not Baptist technology. What are you? Did I did I did I malign you? You well, no. It's I've been called worse than Baptist, <laughs> but no, I'm not a Baptist. I I, uh, I don't have a. I have a lot of friends who are Baptists. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you've met some of my associations. I actually go to an independent uh, Christian church affiliated with the loose uh, with the Church of Christ. Uh, oh, okay. Brotherhood. Alexander yeah, yeah. Campbell, Barton W. Stone, those oh, yeah. guys. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my brother dated. When he was in high school, dated a Church of Christ gal. Yep. That's How'd it. that work out? That's all. It didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good for her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you you actually um, were a dad, kind of before technology, or how? When, when did technology start becoming a thing in your family? Because all your kids, your kids are growing up and out of the house, aren't they? Yes, my kids are growing up and out of the house, and technology was a thing that we. Yeah, they kind of grew up with 
with technology. Like my kids, when my kids were little, there were, there were no touch screens or things like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the internet was starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in its infancy. It was horrible. Dial um, up, dial up. Yeah, yeah. dial up. And so, I don't know. Right. Do I, do I, but, was it just like that? Was, that was actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> you do antiquated technology very well. <laughs> The uh, so they grew up with it, and they were like computers were always around our house. Yeah. Um. And and so they, yeah. My kids are not. My kids are, are tech savvy. Yeah. But my grandkids are, uh, you know, light years ahead of where their parents were. Yeah. So I want to I want to circle back around with you before we get into life is hardy hard hard your your comedian workshop um that's gonna be on Fight Lab Feast University. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on how Christians need to be thinking kind of given uh, cancel culture and, and where we're at? Well, uh, let me kiss up to you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought that your three points were uh, absolutely right, especially the uh, community, find a, find a community, a church that you can go to. Um, and that, that is I think I was just having a conversation with a couple of uh, people who do what I do. I another uh, comedian and then a guy who's a speaker and an author and he travels around. And both of those guys, I think, actually are Baptist. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But uh, we were talking about one of them in particular is a guy and I'm not going to I'm not going to mention him um, by name because there's an outside chance that he may appear on this uh, network at some point. But Ooh. Um, I don't want to speak for him, but he has gotten canceled um, a lot because he's very, when you're, when you're funny, you, you draw more fire because people are paying attention to you. And so people pay attention to him because he's very funny and and he's got a somewhat unorthodox, his, his conversations about marriage is, is what he does. He travels around. He's got a presentation that's very popular for men and women. Uh, and, and marriage, and he is outside of the of the normal narrative for how you're supposed to talk about marriage in Christendom. Now he's not he's not as far outside as you guys are, but he is outside of you know all of the Christian books, all the popular marriage Christian books say the same thing. Yep. And and there it's usually fairly terrible advice. And he talks about that. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have the same brand of. Ooh. But he's gotten canceled. Ooh. And so what we are talking about is when when you get canceled, when a brother gets canceled, when they come for you, all of your allies disappear. Yep. And all of the all of the people who you were on stage with, it's what happened to me, and it's what happened to my friend. Wow. All of the people that you traveled with, you were back in the green room together, you exchange emails, you your buddies, your pals. Yep. When cancel comes culture comes for you and you start losing shows and you start losing gigs, all those people go away. Yep. And they say, you know, I love you. Well, we'll I'll pray for you. But then what they do is they justify the canceling. They right. say, you understand, John, you know, that we, we love you. And I'm not saying this, but do you see how what you said could be interpreted right. as blah, blah, blah. And maybe you right. should apologize and maybe you should walk it back. Um, and what happens is you find yourself all alone. Right. So when you're talking about having a community around you, I would I would stand up 
um, and applaud, but then that would put my midsection on the camera. <laughs> I don't want that. Right, right. Um, but you you have to have a community around you, and I would like to emphasize that those of you who are not speakers, you need to be the community. Yeah. You need to you need to stand up and rally around your brothers and sisters when they are falling under fire. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, for the longest time, you know, in the eighties and nineties, um, people weren't, I think, I think people were building friendships, but they weren't building communities. They're building, you know, the homeschool co-ops, which can be a good community. Um, but it's not centered coming from the church centered around the church. You know, they were building little league baseball communities, whatever, you know, um, and, and so now I think, you know, we've kind of woken up into this world where it's like, Oh, I can't even build little league community anymore. Uh, I mean, I, uh, my, my brother and some of his friends started a little football league, uh, a year and a half ago for their little kids because, uh, the city league was the, that they're trying to participate in, you know, had girls on the boys football teams and it just, it was just kind of a mess. It was like, right, that's it. We'll just, we'll just start our own. Um, you know, even our city league here in town, like I can't even get my kids to go to, uh, I, I wouldn't, I didn't sign my kids up last year for basketball city league. Cause they're requiring all the fans to come in the gym and wear masks. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like, we're, we're, we're just going to build our own community, build our own leagues and everything, but it has to be centered on, on the church. What else you got for right. me? Well, I think that the, um, I'm on board with Christian companies and doing business with Christian companies and building media. Yeah. Um, all of that sort of stuff is, is great. Um, at some point though, I'm, I, I'm wondering how all of this, I wondering how all of this is going to play out because we are, yep. we are, we've always been in the world and not of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about that. I grew up in church and that was what we said, well, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure exactly what that meant. And now that I'm in my mid fifties, I still don't know exactly what that means mm-hmm. because we are, we are steeped in culture. I mean, it's all around us yep. and trying to maintain a, an identity that is different from the culture and a community that is different from the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of examples of where that happened you know, in the scripture. And the only one I can think of uh, in the Old Testament is when the Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had a little a little time at the beginning for a few hundred years where, where Joseph was in charge, and it was pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, to be in Egypt for a while. Yep. Um, but, but eventually that, that sort of changes. And I'm wondering if we're not, you know, past the time in Egypt where um, where things are good and we're starting to enter into the season where we're about to be told to make bricks without straw. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I'm curious about how prepared the church is to do that. Are right. are we going to be are we going to hold together right. or are we going to fracture? Are we going to go, you know what, let's just be Egyptians. Right. Um Ooh. I don't want that. You know, one of uh, as I was, as you were talking I was thinking about, you know, um uh, Isaiah 50, uh, 65 and 66 prophesizes of a new heavens and new earth. And uh, when Jesus died and rose again from the dead, he was um, that death and resurrection was the beginning process of recreating the new heavens and new earth. 
And in the Lord's Prayer, we find that Jesus um, calls us to pray that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus, so we aren't of this old heavens. We aren't of this old earth. We aren't of this old old world. And when and so our prayer should be, you know, God, we want your kingdom as it is in heaven to come to this earth. And that's that's what's happening. And then later in, in the Gospels, uh, I think Matthew and Luke, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is is in your heart. The kingdom of heaven. So so when we see the kingdom of heaven becoming real here on earth, it's Christian people, the world becoming Christianized. Uh, Moscow, the city of Moscow becoming Christianized, you know. Um, and I, I, so I think the, the kingdom of heaven is coming, and it's coming through the gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit here on, here on earth. Um, and so, yeah, we aren't of this old world, this old order, but we are of this new heavens and new earth, which God promised to come. Uh, you know, God promised that His kingdom through our through the prayer that Jesus told us taught us to pray that His kingdom will come here on earth um, as it is in heaven. Um, and so I. You know, this is where cross politic and fight laugh feast and what we're doing it has a very optimistic worldview because we know that Jesus is king over everything and that uh, the promises in the scriptures that Christians will be that the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea that um, Abraham's descendants will be like the sand on the seashore like the um, you know, the stars in the sky. And we know that long term, the victory that we have in Christ is 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 um, uh, you know amazing. Now we know, we also know that we're going to go through historical declines and troughs. We're going to go through times where the church is being faithful to God and times where the church is being unfaithful to God. Israel went through that. We know the church is going to follow some of that same cycle. But when Israel was going through dips and troughs, they were going down like Israel uh, was getting worse a remnant was starting to form and everything when when the church goes through dips and troughs you're, you're seeing a trajectory um, uh, happening and and that's because Jesus has rose again that Jesus has changed forever changed the trajectory of of his people and um, through this death it's an upward trajectory that's right, right. it's an upward trajectory right and, and, you're, you're dipping in Dipping and troughing, I guess, if that's a problem, if troughing is a verb. Um, but you're going, you're generally going upward. That's right. Right? That's While exactly troughing. right. That's right. We're so, troughing upward. In the Old Testament, the trajectory was downward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the New, New Testament, the trajectory is upward, even though there's troughs and, and uh, declines and um, peaks uh, in, in, in the history of the church. You're going to see that. And that's that's the nature of sin, but that's also the nature of how the gospel works. It slowly works out like a mustard seed on this earth, and so yeah. um, I take a. And I guess it stands to reason that we're going to get canceled. Then, right? I mean, we should sort of expect that if we are, if we are going against the old world, if we are not part of the old world, then if all if all of our endeavors are taking us away upwards and away then the old world is probably going to get a little mad at us, yeah. right? They're probably going to be a little resentful, and they're probably going to going to lash out a bit, I suppose. Yeah, I uh, I do think we're going to go through some challenging times as the church. I think the church deserves it. I think God's purifying the church. I think God's kind of orchestrating and putting together Gideon's army. That's that's how I look at what's going on right now. And mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you think that in keeping with the idea of Gideon's army, do you think that we need to, as a church, 
um, maybe be um, less impressed with numbers and size of things and maybe more tuned more tuned into doing what's right and you know because you go well there's 400 billion people use facebook how can we compete with 400 billion people and it's like well you know maybe we shouldn't focus on that maybe we should just go well what's the right thing to do and just do that and and the beauty of of how god works is all he needs is you know two hebrew midwives that that's all he needs you know, and, and, and I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a numbers game in the sense that, um, we need millions. I do think God always leaves a remnant and I think God always uses the, the foolish things of the world to overcome, uh, the, the, um, uh, you know, God, God uses his, the, his foolish ways or what is perceived as his foolish ways to overcome the wisdom of this world. And, and I think that what we're seeing in the whole, uh, the whole idea behind the Gideon's army principle is that God is. Um, winnowing, God is reducing His army to those who actually um, are being faithful and know how to fight. It's not that you you just being a good Christian; you, you know how to fight. And so, I I think there is a uh, that that is going to happen in the next. I think you're you're already seeing um, friendships, relationships, realignment happening, even in the Southern Baptist world. You got this great wonderful reformed Baptist movement with our boys over the founders and, um, you know, and John MacArthur. So you, you are seeing some of this remnant kind of come together, uh, and it's glorious. I think the fellowship we have is, is really good. Uh, and you know, God's using, you know, fight, laugh, Feast network. God's using the CREC denomination, the reformed Baptist, the founders, John MacArthur. I think you're seeing a number of, uh, uh, realignments happening and it really, but it really is Gideon's army and, and the way God works, you know, it's like, all he needs is two midwives, and it, it's going to upend the whole kingdom. Well, he's using the uh, independent Christian church, Church of Christ, too. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, uh, uh, that, 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 that shock was not a shock of <laughs> demean. That was not a demeaning shock. <laughs> no, that was no a, not at all. I haven't. No, not at all. <laughs> I just I'm haven't. Network, I just haven't heard. Hey, I just haven't on. heard the Church of Christ, you know, standing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, all right, let's get into life is hardy, har hard. A comedian workshop for Christians, and um, you've been a comedian. I mean, you're a dinosaur for thirty years. I am. <laughs> I'm a super, super, super old. <laughs> I am super old. And, I've uh, been doing this for thirty years, and so you've actually kind of written a book. Um, I've kind of written a book. Yeah, you've you've been a, you've kind of been around the sun on this, and you're doing this uh, mm-hmm. workshop, a comedian workshop for Christians. Uh, well, let's just let's just start here, man. Not everyone's a comedian, so nope. why should everyone take this class? Because uh, because everybody um, needs to be able to defend themselves. If you're going to go to war and your faith is a Christianity is stepping into war, um, Uh whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to go to war, then you need to be equipped with uh, the, uh, with the weapons of war. And one of those weapons is, is comedy. Comedy gave comedy belongs to God. Mm -hmm. Um, The church has, kind of forgotten that we went through a period of a couple of decades where we didn't even 
uh, we didn't even allow comedy to happen in church. And I was actually introduced for a number of years when I did get into church, people would say, we're just going to prove to the world that Christians can laugh too, as if that was a big secret. And as if that was keeping everybody awake at night, you know, Uh They're, they're paying 150 bucks an hour to go see their shrink. And they're asking, I just don't know, Doc. Do Christians laugh too? It's it's even so out of touch That's with right. what you know with what matters. Of course, Christians can laugh, um, and actually, comedy belongs to God. And so, we when you take it back, when you develop your sense of humor to a healthy level, two things happen. One, you are able to effectively communicate truth because when you're funny, people listen to you. Mm-hmm. And so we have an obligation to not just proclaim the truth, but proclaim it in such a way that people are going to listen to it. Right. You know, you start shouting at people on the street corner. Most of them are going to tune you out. Mm -hmm. But if you can make people laugh, they will go, oh, tell me more. Because they don't, you're making them laugh. You're entertaining them. And the second thing that happens, and this is probably just as important, is that you become immune to uh, mockery and satire and and teasing yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that Christians, um, that Christians have to be able to do. We honestly expect the world to fight fair. We mm-hmm. think that we should be able to go into culture and proclaim our gospel and not have anybody mock us for it. Right. We think that any, nobody should throw stones. Nobody should make fun of us. Nobody should ridicule us because we are proclaiming God's truth. Right. And while it's true that we're proclaiming God's truth, it's a little bit naive to think that you're going to go to war and not get shot at. That's right. So it makes sense to put on a bulletproof vest, mm-hmm. and comedy is a bulletproof vest. It okay. makes you immune to those weapons. Mm-hmm. And so what um, What practically, um, that's, that's really helpful on kind of the why, why we need to be doing this. Uh, what practically... Um, can, uh, you know, the, the, the classmates uh, learn through this whole class? Um, well, it's going to depend on where you are. It's going to, it's going to depend on your age, where you are in your life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, children, um, school kids, and, uh, well, first of all, if you're sending your kids to public school, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but if you're still sending your kids to public school, it's a brutal it's a brutal place to go. Uh-huh. And if you, and if you're sending your kids to public school and you're saying to the school, to the teacher, to the administrators, I do not want my child to be bullied. You will step in and you will present my, prevent my child from being, being bullied. That's outrageously naive. Mm-hmm. First of all, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't stop kids from being cruel to each other. Right. Um, and secondarily, you should prepare your children to be bullied. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's called persecution in the Bible. Yeah. And so you should be prepared for persecution. Yeah. And persecution um, is going to befall you if you're doing anything to let the world know that you are a Christian. Right. And so how this is practically going to, if you're younger people, you will learn how to withstand bullying. Mm -hmm. If you are an older person, you're on a job or you're in a, on the job out in a, in a secular environment, um, you're also going to get some canceled. Um, yeah. You're going to get canceled. Yep. You're going to get some stuff and maybe not. Like you said, most people are not comedians. Most right. people are not interested in building a public platform. That's not the ministry that God gives most Christians, Right. but you are out in your community. You're in your workplace. You're in your neighborhood. You've got, 
you've got non-Christians that you're interacting with all the time. Right. And if we're not able to represent ourselves, we're not able to represent our faith like it's something that's worth believing. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that when we apologize and when we back away and when we are so meek that we say nothing, when we, when we offend people and then we apologize for that offense, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. There's nothing that's going to, there's nothing attractive about that sort of faith. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make a person go, Oh, maybe I'll become a Christian too. So I can be as milk toast as this guy. (laughs) I love being a bland person. Yeah, I yeah. love being unremarkable and yeah. meek yeah. and quiet. I love have, I love being a doormat. Well, um, I, I think this is why it's important maybe for people who aren't comedians to consider like taking this course because it really will stretch you uh, and kind of get you into a discipline that actually could be helpful for sanctification and for what you're doing in your life. Um, just because you aren't writing one-liners doesn't mean, you know, um, the verse that uh, always pops in my mind when I talk about comedy is that the joy of the Lord is our strength? You know, Nehemiah. Um, I can't remember the actual chapter and verse, but Nehemiah. Nehemiah, joy of the Lord is our strength. And 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 because because comedy is not just reduced to one-liners. It's 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 um uh, in a lot of ways, it's how God calls us to live, no matter what is happening in our lives. That we are supposed to look at everything through the the lens of joy. And, and what happens is when you, when you start to do that, when you start to apply the joy of the Lord in your life, well, all of a sudden, like what you're saying is, uh, um, uh, you know, bullies don't matter, persecution doesn't matter, all these attacks from the devil and the world don't matter because you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, yeah, it might be hard and difficult and challenging, but your disposition is far in a far better situation to handle the challenges that the, that God might bring you through, um, through, you know, just his, his way of sanctifying you. Yeah. If you are a person, uh, if you're a person who's sad, if you get your feelings hurt, if you are um, prone to depression, if you're prone to um, joylessness, as you were saying, if you're sad and if you cry a lot, you should take this course. Mm. Um, because it will give you perspective that you are lacking. Um, and when, once, you, once you understand that comedy is a gift that God created and it is for our use That's and right. it is good, That's right. it is good. That's not to say that there aren't people who or use it with the intention of evil, um, but it doesn't belong to those people. It belongs to God's people. Um, laughter is a thing that came from God. And so if you are... If you're uh, joyless, if you feel like you don't have any friends, if you feel like people are uh, like people don't like you, mm-hmm. um, you should take this course mm-hmm. because it will help you. That's really good, John. And this this course, I, I believe, starts uh, in a, a week or so. Uh, I think yeah, it's, it's coming, uh, up. coming up. You can still sign up. You can go to fightlabfeast.com, click on university, and, and sign up. And again, it's just like we we're talking about Dr. Price and his class. This is kind of a Zoom live instruction class. Your whole family can join in the living room, conversate with John, um, talk through things together uh, as a as a bunch of classmates throughout the U.S. You know, there's there's classmates from all over who are joining this class, and you get your whole family involved. Um, it's 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 two hundred dollars, one ninety nine uh, per Zoom. You know, license it's so cheap. And it's super cheap, and and your whole family can join in that in the living room for uh, 199. So, um, uh, it will help them. 
it will help them. I got, I had a bunch of people ask me at the conference mm-hmm. um, after I did my presentation, yeah. a bunch of families came up and said, Hey, I've got a son or daughter or whatever who they, they get, they, they don't feel like there's anything, uh, they don't have a sense of humor. They don't right. laugh about stuff. What, what would you say? It's like, take this course. Um, it's, it, it is, uh, you need the perspective. So take the course. That's really good, John. We're selling them hard on it. Hey, everybody, uh, go to fightlabfeast.com to check out both Dr. Price and comedian John Brandian's uh, university courses that are starting in October. Uh, again, we're, you know, we want to encourage community. We want to encourage connection. And these university courses are a great way to um, uh, find that community. And, of course, if you miss a class here or there, we keep the recording so you can still uh, catch the class and the content later for those who've signed up. So, um, well, brother comedian John Brandian, thank you for joining us again on the water break. And uh, this is the water boy signing off. Go fight, laugh, and feast.